Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Rework. Today's episode is all about branding and marketing, but also about mindset, confidence, and a whole slew of great book recommendations. Because my guest today is Dr. Stuart Frost of Frost Orthodontics here in Mesa, Arizona. He is known as the artist orthodontist. He's known in our town as the very best of the best. He's an author. He teaches orthodontists internationally all over the world how to get his beautiful results. And he's also my friend. He did my braces. He's done my children's braces. And he is also a client of Allison Tyler Jones Photography. I love this guy. He's awesome. And he has so much wisdom. In addition to being the artist orthodontist, I think I could call him the Tony Robbins orthodontist because he's just got so many good rationales behind what it is that he's doing. He's so intentional with his business. And the thing I think is so amazing about this conversation is you'll see he didn't start out that way. He developed and cultivated a lot of these qualities and a lot of these abilities that has allowed him to create a profitable, sustainable business that is known as the best of the best in our town. So can't wait for you to hear all of these totally applicable concepts that can apply to your portrait studio as well. Let's do it. Dr. Stuart Frost, I can't even tell you how long this has been on my bucket list to have you on this podcast. Thank you for making the time. Oh, are you kidding me? What a pleasure. When you mentioned it, I was like, of course I want to do a podcast with you. I love it. You need to have your own podcast. You know that, right? (laughs) That would be a blast. It's going to happen. I see that in your future. I'd love it. I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. I love it. But anyway, Stuart, I'm so grateful that you're here because you do so many things well. First of all, the fact that I can smile with confidence when I had this weird crooked snaggle tooth for so many years, like I don't even know how old I was. I know I was in my forties when you did my braces, but I love my teeth every morning. I'm just so grateful to you for giving me that. And also I can always tell when a client comes in and they have a family of kids that all have these gorgeous smiles. I always know when you did it. Thank you. It's signature. It's amazing. So tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do. Give me the rundown. Well, my name is Dr. Stuart Frost. I come from a family of dentists. My father was a dentist. My identical twin brother is a dentist or root canal specialist. And I started as a general dentist for five years, but always knew deep in my heart that there was something more for me. And part of that was that I wanted to specialize in the field of orthodontics. I like the idea of straightening teeth versus grinding them down. 
And that was uh, a passion of mine before I ever got to dental school. So I went to dental school. I worked with my dad for five years as a general dentist and then took my family of three back to Rochester, New York for three years and did my orthodontics. Awesome. And it, it's been awesome ever since. And I, I guess if you don't mind if I share with them our encounter. Um, I, I, you do it. Can I just share it with everybody? Yeah, of course. You know, we all, all of you, whether you're a photographer, you're doing portraits, whether you're an assistant helping the photographer, or if you're in this field, which I call artistry, there's always somebody that makes a difference in your life. And in 2000, I guess it was seven. Is that when you first shot our family? Yeah. 2007, our family gets ready for a photo session. And as every other family, I'm sure my kids were not having it (laughs) with a a then wife. And uh, it wasn't a great experience, but we showed up to meet Allison for our, our photo shoot. And I reached my hand out to introduce myself to Allison. And she says, I know who you are. And I said, how do you already know who I am? And uh, I did know that she had uh, shot my twin brother and his family, but she said, you're known as the artist orthodontist in our community. And I was so taken back. I didn't know what to say. And I, I was like, the artist orthodontist, what does that mean? And I said, how do you know that? And she said, because I'm taking photographs on all of your patients in the community and the patients of others in the community and yours are different. And I can't tell you, and I told you this, Allison, but I want to just share that that one statement that Allison made to me about being the artist orthodontist changed my whole career. In fact, it changed my whole thought process because up until that point, I was just straightening teeth, even though it was more, I knew it was more, but I couldn't articulate it. But your one comment changed my career. And I started looking at every case that comes in as a piece of art, an artistic masterpiece. And so for the past 14, 15 years, I've been creating beautiful, what I call frost smiles. And uh, it even inspired me to write a book on the artistry of orthodontics. I love that. I think one thing I would just say, and again, acknowledge you, Allison, for, for having foresight and being able to tell somebody what you think, because we, words have meaning. Sure. We are leaders in our community and we see a lot of people, but when you see something great, I always love it. Now, when I think about it, I acknowledge that greatness that I see in that person and you did it in me and changed my career. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh my gosh. You're so awesome. I had no idea that that would be that, but it was absolutely true. And you would think, okay, well, how can you tell the difference between smiles or whatever? But honestly, it was like, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's like technical terms that are involved here, just like there would be with, yes. with the photography, the lighting and that sort of thing. Right. But the, your smiles are, they don't look like Kardashians. Yeah. They don't look like overly toothy. They're just the best version of that individual person and their individual teeth, you know? Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Wow. So awesome. Okay. So we met and yes. I'm not going to say which one of your kids, Spencer, that was naughty during that photo session. And we just photographed your family again, just last week. Yeah, it was it's, a pleasure. It's grown. It's been awesome. So when you made that change, that mind shift of, okay, wait a minute, I'm not just straightening teeth anymore. I am an artist. What was the inkling that you had before that was ever said to you? You said, I knew I was doing more than straightening teeth, but you didn't have words for it. What was that feeling? You knew that you were doing something beyond that. Yeah. So I think that for me early on in my career, I knew that I had thoughts and dreams, if you will, 
of becoming the best. And I don't want this to come across wrong, but I wanted to be the best orthodontist in the world. Yeah. Wrote that down that uh, when I first started, I wrote down questions and three questions. I said, where do I want to be in five years? And I wrote that down. What kind of an orthodontist do I want to be? And I wrote that down. And, And then I wrote down what kind of orthodontics do I want to do? And I think this plays in so well with what we're doing here on the podcast today for the listeners out there who are trying to say, where do I go from here? How do I be a better photographer? How do I brand better? How do I change what I'm doing and and make things really meaningful? How do I attract people? How do I become magnetic and attract people to my studio or to my business? And I think those three questions really get you clear And I wrote those things down. And so I had already been on the track of achieving and high achieving and thought process of I'm going to do this. And I worked. One of my favorite books is called Outliers. Mm, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm, he just, that was one of the very first books I read. (laughs) And I was so impressed because I wasn't the smartest person in my dental class or my ortho class. And uh, I didn't have the highest IQ, but man, I put the 10,000 hours in. Yeah, you did. When you put the 10,000 hours and you, you work at your craft, you have no place to be but up at the top. And so for me, it was I knew what I wanted from a smile because I, I have mentors that I saw doing this. Mm-hmm. A mentor that's he's now 80, 82, but he showed me things that I'd never seen before in smiles. And so I knew kind of what I wanted. And then I just started going after that and, and creating. And I tell people in, in the audience when I lecture, I've had the opportunity to lecture in 36 different countries. And I tell people in the audience, I tell my experience about becoming the artist orthodontist and sharing with them to try to inspire them. Because if you think about it, we're all artists. You, Allison, are an amazing artist. And you don't just snap photographs. You're an artist. And And it comes out, yes. And it comes out in every aspect of what you do. When we were sitting there with our family, we had a family of, I think it was 14 of us. And you were masterfully putting people in the right spot and eyeballing. And that's artistry. And I tell people in the audience that if I showed you some of my writing here, <laughs> you'd be like, I can't even tell what that is. Well, that's, <laughs> how you, that's how you know you're a doctor because you can't read your handwriting, right? That's exactly right. But uh, I couldn't pencil sketch, but man, I am an artist of the smile and the face and the teeth. So so that's kind of how I, I got it started. Okay. So let me ask you a question about one of those points that you made when you said to yourself, what kind of orthodontics do I want to do? So what was your answer to that? My answer was I wanted to do high quality orthodontics at higher fees. Okay. I didn't want to do high quantity orthodontics at lower fees. Yeah. So you weren't really interested in volume and just pop- nope bringing people through. So by definition, by charging more, you are going to have less clients. That's correct. And that's okay. Because what happens is, is if you think you're just going to go and just line yourself up over the next 52 weekends with as many people as you can, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be able to service them the right way. And I think of it this way. So what somebody said to me about 15 years ago in my practice, they said, it was one of my assistants. And she said, you know, you really ought to charge what you're worth. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was dumbfounded. Novel concept. Right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, I know I'm worth a lot more than I'm charging. And I just had this like barrier to, why can't I just charge what I'm worth? It, once you see yourself as the artist, as the expert, and by the way, let me say this, I do a lot of podcast listening and I do a lot of work still. 
And I listened to Joe Dispenza and a lot of people talking about the brain and the brain cannot tell if you are lying to it or not. Mm. So I do I am statements all the time. And one of my I am statements is I am excellent. I am crushing life. I'm the best orthodontist around. I'm getting better every day. So if you want to be that person that charges high quality, not as many people, you're almost getting paid the same, maybe even more. You have to tell yourself, I am worth that. I am the most amazing photographer in the Valley or in the nation Yeah. next to Allison. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So, th- but that brings up a good point because when you say, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth. But if you don't feel like you're worth anything or that you feel like, because right now I've seen you, we, we did a huge commercial shoot together a few years back yeah. and we wanted to shoot your patients. And yeah. we did this for this braces manufacturer. And we had, I don't even know, probably nine different models. And so what Dr. Frost needed to do is some of these models were in treatment. They had braces on others were post-treatment and we needed to put braces on. So this guy literally had all the chairs lined up in his office and he's like taking braces off of people, putting them on. And he is like moving. Like, Uh, I have no doubt in my mind, you could run a factory. If you could sit there and just go from mouth to mouth to mouth and be volume. If you wanted to, you absolutely could do that. Yes. And sometimes I think when something's easy for us, we devalue it because we think, well, that's easy. It only took me five minutes in Photoshop. It was, it was quick to just fix her boobs or it was quick to bond that guy up in braces, but how quick it is or how easy it is for us is not what it's worth. What it's worth is that I can smile in a picture and in two people without first thinking, okay, I don't want to smile too big because I don't want to see my snaggle tooth. Like I had that for 45 years before you fixed that for me. So that's the value. The value is that anybody comes at me with a camera, I'm feeling, I mean, maybe I'm worried about my weight, but I'm not worried about my teeth. The teeth are feeling good. (laughs) Well, Allison, what can I say something about this too? Yeah. This is so good. If you see yourself as the expert, If you see yourself as somebody who is magnetic, who has charisma, you know, charisma is connecting and bringing warmth to the people you connect with. If you see yourself as that person, then automatically you see yourself as excellent and you are excellent. So it it goes into every part of what you do. And then the other part of this is, and I think, I hope, I know you have, but I hope all of your listeners realize this. That every time you take a photograph on somebody, anytime you do a photo shoot or you do something with a family, you change lives. Mm-hmm. Artistry changes lives. And Allison, you know, the piece that's hanging up in my office and in my family room, it's every day that I see that, that I, I go, that is amazing. That lifts my heart every time I see that. So when you see yourself as that person that's changing lives, Gosh, now this changes the story of who you are as a photographer and what you're doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And when we first met and I first photographed your family, you were married to somebody else. You went through, subsequently went through a divorce and found your gorgeous wife who you guys are madly in love and you've blended this family together and blending is not easy at all. It's hard. And I have had a similar experience. And so what I think just to this is not to toot my own horn. This is to drive home the point that you're trying to make here is that, you know, your value, you're, it's super easy for you to do what you do now because you have 10,000 hours. You've achieved a level of mastery. 
So you could do my braces in a hot second, but that's not what you're charging for. You're charging for the fact that I can smile without worrying about my snaggle tooth. What I'm charging for is not that it's easy for me to light your family and you're all great looking. So it's easy for me to get a good picture of you, but that's not what the value the value is, is that when those teenagers that you're blending in this family are complicated and everybody's not necessarily getting along and that you're trying to meld two cultures of two families that aren't necessarily melding great at all times that you can look at that image and go, okay, this is worth it. Yes, This is worth it. And I do love her. And actually it's going to be okay. It's almost like aspirational in a way. And that story is different for every family. And that really is the value Mm. of what we as portrait photographers do is we're showing people at their best, not just how they look the best, but if we do it right, we're creating an experience where they feel good together. And it's a memory of a good time. Wow. Okay. So you hit on something there that is just, is something we try to do every day at our office. Give patients an amazing experience. Tell me more. And let's face this. Let's get it right on the open. Ever since COVID, everybody's crazy. Straight up. Preach everybody's it. just crazy. And they're broken <laughs> in a dark place. And they're, they come in to our offices or to our photo shoots and they are spewing and blaming you. And yep. it's crazy out there. But what I keep teaching my team at my practice is that, listen, this is not about you. Don't take that personally. This might be the only time in a year that this person might feel good because of what you've just done. Yeah. You've now given them an experience that when they walked through the door, they were hurting really bad. You made them laugh. You made them cry. You made them feel good. They're going to walk out the door better than they walked in to your photo shoot. And I think, again, that's what you're saying. You're creating an experience that when everybody leaves, they go, holy cow, we didn't want to do that, but wow, that was fun. And Allison made it fun. And you did. And you connected everybody. You see, <laughs> I know I get off on these tangents. I apologize. Do it. I'm such a, after being in practice for so long and doing this for the last 22 years, I've realized that really what we are is we're leaders in our community. If you're a portrait photographer or do families, you're a leader in your community. People are coming to you. And I think it's our job, if, if we want, to connect each other, connect the people together, like you were saying, Allison. And that's a huge responsibility. And then, of course, if you're using love and warmth and you're connecting with them, you're going to do nothing but grow a bigger business. And everybody's going to want to come to you because of that experience. It's huge. Right. And even if, so when I refer to you, mm. and this is something we can even get into if you want to, because people are always saying, well, how do you co-market or whatever? And I'm like, it's just relationships, basically. Like, So when somebody comes to me and they say, okay, I got to get braces for my kid. Who should I go to? I'm like, there is only one. Yeah. And it's Stuart Frost. And I'll just tell you right now, don't even price shop because he's going to be the most expensive. So don't look at anybody else because then you'll feel sad. Yeah. So just know that like you're in for north of six, seven grand, like whatever it is, that's yeah. what needs to happen. But I will tell you, your kid is going to have confidence. He will never take them off. Unfortunately, he will never take them off until they're ready, which is kind of annoying. Even as much as you nag him, personal experience. Are you sure they're not done yet? But he he knows and they will just look amazing. And so I appreciate too, and you have done the same for me. You'll refer. I love it when men refer me because men aren't afraid to talk money. So the men are like, look, just get the second mortgage, dude, and get the pictures because like it's going to be a fortune, but it'll be great. I know. It's so true. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just. It's good. 
you're there. So one book where you really had a huge impact on me in many ways, but one book that you recommended is that Positive Intelligence. Oh boy. Is it Sherzad Shamin? Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. So tell me why you love that book. And I'm going to tell you why I loved it. Okay. So I had an orthodontist from Utah, two of them, they were friends. They came to my office to observe what I was doing all day. And I invited them to dinner at my house that night. And we're sitting there and we got on the topic of books. Now, for me, I've never been a reader. I read one book in high school. And you're too busy I mean, playing football. You're, you're too busy being the football star. Yeah, exactly. Cheerleaders. Yeah. But I got ignited reading books when I went through my divorce. Well, before that, I was reading, you know, all the divorce books like Anatomy of Peace and, and right. all those things, Bonds That Make Us Free. Oh. But this guy said to me, Hey, have you read Positive Intelligence? I said, No. And he pulls out his copy of his book, his own copy, had pencil lined marks on it, and he just gave it to me. And so I think I probably read it within the week. But the thing that really caught my attention was that Shirzad talked about his own experience with life. He was having a different experience in his life than everybody else. He was miserable all the time. He was negative, and but yet he was still trying to crush his life. And I think he was in higher education trying to figure out to be a psychologist or to be somebody that was a therapist. And Shirzad, I hope I'm not going into too much detail. No, I love it. This is going to be really good. Shirzad got invited to be a part of a panel group at Stanford. And they were in there and it was a type where you had to be very free and open with each other and you could share and, and they were going to grow. And it's, I think it was like a, either a doctorate of some kind or mm-hmm. anyway, he's in there and a few sessions in one of the ladies raises her hands and says, Shirzad, can I share my experience about you? And he, oh, said, no. uh, he said, well, yeah, we're, yeah, go ahead. And she said, well, I don't like you. You're mean. You, you talk down to us and I don't appreciate it. And then he's dialoguing with the book and he's like, well, look at you. You're, you're a B. You're, yeah. Of course you're going to say that about me. And then somebody else raised their hand and says, I agree with so-and-so. And everybody in the room basically let him have it. And he was kept saying, well, of course you guys are 90% women or whatever he was saying. Right. But it caused him to do some serious reflection of who he was and how he operates. And he basically went down a path to find out that we not just him, we all do this. We operate out of two sides of our brain. One side of the brain is a positive part, and he calls that the sage. And the other part of the brain is the negative, which he calls the the sabador. So he basically learned that he was functioning out of the sabador, which means that the sabador is the judge, the person that judges other people, the person that's always negative, the person that's not doing anything to be helpful. Yeah. The sage is the creative part of our mind. Think about this for a second. Anytime when you're creating something amazing, you're engaged, your mind's positive, you're going. And that sage is the positive side. And so he he went through this and then he decided to write the book on this. But the cool thing about this is, is he teaches groups of people. He teaches individuals on how to engage your mind to get out of the sabador mm-hmm. and get into the positive sage. And he gives some exercises and there's even a little part in the book where you can go online and take a quick test to see if you're in the sage or, or you're in the uh, Sabador. Yeah. Uh, after you read this, it's so powerful because we all want to operate out of the sage. Who doesn't want to be creative and happy and kind hearted and thankful? And who doesn't want to be that? But listen, right. life comes at us pretty hard and we find ourselves getting into that Sabador. In fact, 
in the book, he labels certain things that make up the Salvador. One of them is the punisher. Mm. That is my Salvador. When someone does something that I don't like, I start to punish. And now what happens? (laughs) It's crazy. That's they probably deserved it, Stuart. Probably did. Isn't that funny? But uh, my wife has read the book too. So when I do this, she's she's quick to call that out. Because what what's this way she does it though? I love her to death. She doesn't say your Salvador's coming out. She yeah. said, which of the Sabadors is coming out right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, you knew it was the Punisher. Why'd you even ask? You know? yeah. <laughs> but this book has really just been amazing to me because I've thought about our thoughts and I've thought about how we operate on a daily basis. And a lot of these people that come to see us, they're operating out of the Sabador, not the Sage. And we can, if we read this book, it's great. It's, it reminds me, I just listened to John Maxwell Leadership Podcast. Okay. And by the way, I throw these out, these podcasts, because I have found that if we're not building ourselves on a daily basis and filling our own cups up, you know, people that rely on others to fill their cup, it's never going to be full. You have to do your own work. But I listened to this podcast from John Maxwell, and he's talking about thinking for a change. And basically what he says is that the sum of all your thoughts is who you become. And he says, your thoughts, this is really good. Your thoughts determine who you are. Who you are determines who you will be. Think about that for a second. Okay. Say it again. Your thoughts determine who you are. Okay. Who you are determines who you will become. So if we're functioning out of the sage and we're having positive thoughts, we're thinking creatively, then that will be who we will become. But if we're functioning out of that sabador all the time, and we're functioning out of negative, the judge or the punisher or whatever other sabadors there are. I think, is there one called the scorekeeper? Because I could totally relate to that one. Scorekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> scorekeeper. Sure. Scorekeeper. Yeah. Scorekeeper. The counter of the gold stars on the forehead and or negative. Yes. The negative version of that. Yes. One thing that I remember from that book that was very impactful for me is there's an exercise in there where he, you know, cause he talks a lot about how we talk to ourselves, you yes. know, how we sabotage ourselves. Yes. And he said, get a picture of yourself at six years old. Mm. And there is a slide that my dad took of me when I was probably much younger than that, maybe four or five. And whenever I look at that image, it just almost kind of breaks my heart because I look so excited about life and yeah. I'm so little and, you know, and I think, man, And so he says, you know, have this picture of yourself and put it on your mirror where you're getting ready in the morning. And then think about how you would talk to a child of that age. So when a four or a six-year-old makes a mistake, you know, one of your children or a child that you know and love, how do you respond to that? You know, how do you talk to them? You're encouraging. You're like, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Like, here's how we're going to fix it or whatever. You're not coming at them like you loser, complete moron. You should have seen that coming how, and then just like just shredding them down to the studs. Like you just wouldn't do that. And you wouldn't do that to your best friend. No. You wouldn't do it to people that you really, really know and love. But yet every day, all day, we have that running in our head and you simply cannot be good for others. If you can't be good to yourself, it's not possible. You could fake it for a little while, but so- not on a sustainable true core level. It's really hard to be good to others. If you can't be good to yourself. That's huge. That statement right there, I think that goes back to what's your I am statement. I am good enough. I am kind. If you don't feel you are, then you better start saying those I am statements because 
That's what you're talking about is huge. Well, and I think also what I've realized as I get older too, is like, we all suck and we're all great. You know what I mean? Like nobody's perfect as human beings. Of course we're fallible. There are going to be times when you aren't a great dad or you aren't a great husband. And then there's times when you totally show up and you totally shine, you know? And yes. it's, and that's everybody like nobody. That's why the, the most fascinating characters in movies and film and books are never like the painted completely black or completely white. It's the, the complex, right? That's right. And that's harder to live with. It's harder to broker if I really was great, you know, because even as you're saying those words, like I am enough, I am great, except when I'm not, <laughs> you know, because there are times when I'm not. And I think of like COVID, this whole idea of, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt's the worst thing to fear is fear itself or whatever. And I think I remember, you know, thinking that. And then I also went around being chicken little with my head cut off and scaring people. Yeah. So I know, you know, what's so interesting. Our brains were built out of fear and force and, and we were, that's how we were were cavemen. We were like, we had to defend ourselves and it was fight or flight all the time. Mm -hmm. Our brains are still like that. Mm -hmm. We have to train them like this Shears ads talking about to be positive and be okay. I want to share something else with you real quick is so, because you're on this good and have to be perfect. And we live in a society that we compare and ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. A comparison is the thief. thief of joy. So I was listening to a podcast and Glenn Beck was on this podcast and he was talking about his fall from grace. And Glenn was talking about how he had it all and he was killing it. And he was doing so well in his, in his career and his life. And he became an alcoholic Mm. and he fell from grace. And he was talking about how he's been studying in the Bible and really trying to get a hold of himself. And he said, he said to this guy, Lewis Howes, who is a podcaster, he said to him, Hey, Lewis, what's the the most important scripture in the Bible? And I think Lewis Howes is a spiritual guy. And he's like, well, you know, I, I really don't know. And uh, I want everybody in the podcast, what would you, what would you say is the most, I mean, I've got scriptures running through my mind, but Mm -hmm. when Glenn started to speak, he said, the most important scripture in the Bible is when Moses went up to Sinai and he's getting the 10 commandments and God introduces himself to Moses. And how did God introduce himself to Moses? And he said, I am. Mm. He said, I am. And so this idea of a positive statement, even God uses that. I am. And the the other thing that's really interesting to me along those same lines is there's one other thing that I learned. I created this beautiful case. It should have been a a surgical case for this 12-year-old boy. Every orthodontist he went to, they said, surgery, wait till you're 18. He looked like a bulldog. He's like this, an open bite. And I told the mom I didn't know what to do. And, uh, but I said, there's one person on this earth. His name is Chris Chang out of Taiwan. He does. And so I told her to go look him up on YouTube. And I was really telling myself, I'm going to look him up on YouTube. I was going to figure out how to do this. Long story short, we met back two weeks later. She said, let's do it. I said, oh boy. Okay. So I did it. And we used little anchors and screws to help pull Jaws back. And it was mm. a masterpiece. It was beautiful. Changed this little boy's life. Amazing. And so I had the opportunity to go to Taiwan right short thereafter. Before I went, this little boy came back in. He was now 14 or 15, but it it had relapsed a little, his case, just a little bit. Uh So I was at dinner with with Dr. Chang while he's sucking his chicken feet, the marrow out of the chicken feet. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I got my iPhone and I showed Dr. Chang. I said, hey, this, what can I do to get this back to perfect? Because it was perfect. And he said to me, he said, Stuart, 
are you Christian? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what did God say after he created the earth? When he separated the light and the darkness, what did he say? And I'm like thinking back to, it's okay, good. I should know this. He said, what, Allison? You say it's good. He said it was good. He didn't say it was perfect. God didn't say what he just did was perfect. In fact, after he made man, he said, or woman, he's, and man, it was good. Yeah. I think that we get so wrapped up in, we have to be perfect. I've got to be, God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He just wants us to be good. Just like he created the earth. And that orthodontist taught me something that day that has stuck with me. We wake up every morning and think I got to be perfect today. I got to show my kids I'm perfect. I got to be perfect at the office. Or I got to, you're living in a really hard world. Yeah. But you can look at it as I'm going to be perfect where I can be, but I'm going to be good everywhere else. And you're going to have such a great career, great life. I say that's, that's where joy comes from when you're operating out of being good. So I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think we all could say that we would like more really great qualified leads, but what happens when we get contacted by a potential new client? We sometimes have that pit in our stomach of, oh, it's not a good time right now. I don't want to call them. What if they ask me hard questions? Oh, I don't really know that I have the words to say. And we put it off until we call and they've already booked somebody else. Or maybe we don't ever call or we're just letting things fall through the cracks. So if you ever find yourself in this type of situation and you feel like, I just don't know the words to say, or I don't know how to talk to these people, or am I doing it wrong? I have a solution for all three of those things. If you go to do the rework.com, we have three different free resources for you. One is our ultimate client consultation guide that is going to help you step-by-step walk that prospective client through your process, how it is that you work. It has all the little speed bumps, so to speak, along the way to help you remember to say all the things that you need to say. Next is our cheat sheet of frequently asked difficult questions that has an exhaustive list of all the hard questions that clients come up with that will help you get started on answering those confidently so that you don't have that feeling in the pit of your stomach anymore. And you're going to pick up that phone immediately. And lastly is our sales sabotage evaluation tool. And that is going to help you to figure out where you are screwing it up because we all do at one time or another. So go to do the rework.com and wherever you're at in your business, if you're needing to rework your message, if you're needing to rework your answers, if you're needing to rework your sales process, they are all right there on that very first page. They are free. They are resources to help you in your business. Go do it. Download them now and start doing better. Start booking those clients confidently and start selling them your gorgeous, beautiful work because they need it. So when you think of just going back to the business, the business of orthodonture and your business in particular, that experience. So when, when I think of that client experience coming in, first of all, just hearing what you just said and all of that, there's a very strong rationale behind everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that's really interesting and probably easily overlooked is that there's nothing that's happening by accident up in frost orthodontics. Like that's everything is incredibly intentional from what color the walls are painted to what is hanging on the walls, to the cookies that are warming in the oven, to all the merch, 
to the, the little fun bar that you've got the chairs, the massage chairs where kids can come in and play video games and all the things. Yeah. And so I think that's a really great example too, that you didn't start out with all of that stuff. You didn't have all of that in the very, very beginning, but you've just added layer upon layer. As time goes on, you invest in that in your business. That's a cost center, I would imagine, a marketing. Yes. Rest, yeah. So what are your thoughts about that? Like, am I right on there or? Okay, you're spot on. What I did when I started in the year 2000 is I said, I'm going to have the best equipment I wasn't going to scrimp on my equipment Okay. because if you have the best tools and the best equipment, you are already setting yourself up for success, best equipment. And I was going to follow good protocols, but everything else was added to from there. And so it doesn't have to be as intentional, as big as you're going to be, but you do have to be intentional right off the very beginning. I love that. And so one thing I was going to mention is that along the way, you have to take some courses or do some things that will help you with this whole process. And, and one of those, what for me was branding. And mm-hmm. this is something that I really didn't pay a lot of attention to until seven years ago, because here I was, I was creating these beautiful smiles and started, people kept coming to me and saying, I, I want a frost smile. And mm. I'm, okay. If people are saying they want a frost smile, why don't I start branding frost smile? Right. And I became very intentional about that and went down this path of understanding that. And then a couple of years later, I was thinking to myself, you know how these Facebook groups get going and they've got a lot of ladies and they're going, okay, I need an orthodontist in the Mesa Gilbert area who mm-hmm. you go to. And I was so frustrated because I'd go on those and I'd see, oh, they'd say this one, this one, that one. And I would be thinking to myself, holy cow, where's my name? Right. Where's Frost Orthodontics? I mean, I know I'm doing huge and beautiful quality work. And if I am, wouldn't I want everybody to have it or a lot of people to have that sure. beautiful end result? And so I started down a path of taking some courses on culture, taking courses on being intentional with my practice in all areas, branding my name, social media, Instagram, Facebook, branding that to the frost smile, to what's going on in my practice. And I think that that part of branding has been huge. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in New York City and I got in an elevator and was going up and these two 22, 23-year-old girls were staring at me. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, you're feeling like, of course they would be because I'm so hot. Yeah, (laughs) Typical man. I looked at them. I said, how are you doing? And they said, are you Dr. Frost? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, I am. Yeah. How did you know? And they go, we follow you on Instagram. That is so cute. Your smiles. You do amazing work. And I thought, holy cow. It's crazy. When you brand yourself and you'll brand across social media, it works. But I think what you do, your Instagram feed is so intentional and so good. And it, mm-hmm. your Instagram, is it at Frost Ortho or Frost Orthodontics? So I have two. The practice okay. one is at Frost Smiles. At Frost Smiles. Okay. At Frost Smiles. Okay. So for listeners, when you're listening to this, if you're driving, don't do it while you're driving, but after you park your car, go to Dr. Frost's Instagram feed and look at how he brands that. And it's, it is so textbook great because he's doing the before and after. And then there's also a lot of things that you're doing right now. I can tell the last like year or so is you're really heavy on the gum, like the gummy smile, fixing that gummy smile. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know, we did a, a video shoot for a new bracket that came out a couple of years ago. And I was talking to this videographer that came from LA, Formco set him up this company. And yeah. I go, well, you're a you're working in LA. What, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, you know, I do side work. And he said, you know, people don't understand how powerful social media is. 
And he said, if people really understood it's free business, free marketing, and if they understood how to set up their social media, they would grow and it'd be like a huge success without even paying any money. And I said, well, how would you do that? And he said, well, what you set every story up or everything you do as here's a problem, here's a solution. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's the key to marketing on your social media or doing your social media. So many times you'll see in ours, you'll see the problem would be that if a patient has too much gum show when they smile, the solution would be to do gummy smile treatment where we take and we lift in a special process to lift all the teeth and gums up so you don't see them. And we share that part of the problem is, is that most orthodontists just recommend surgery for that. Right. And I have a process where we do it non-surgical. So it's that idea of problem solution. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I just think that you're rather than like in with photographers, it's just the feeds tend to be just pretty pictures, pretty pictures, pretty pictures, but it's like, what is the pretty picture going to do for the client? Oh, I love that too. Do you know, like what is the end result? The end result is that it's hanging on their wall and they're walking past it, feeling good about their family every day. For you, you're showing the before and the after. So to be able to compare those two things is really powerful. The other thing that I think is really awesome about you where you and you and I've worked together on this a little bit is having great images. And this is where photographers really can shine is that you have good images and you have really good images. And one of the ways that we've been able to work together is is that I was able to help you set up your studio to get your good treatment photos. It's amazing. I got to just say this real quick. Yeah. Thank you again. Because when I go lecture and show these cases in front of thousands of people, that is the comment they make. Not beside just besides the cases are beautiful, but your photography work is amazing. And I think of you every time. <laughs> oh, I love that. And so the reason I bring that up is not to say that I'm great. It's to say that when people will ask me, especially newer photographers that are newer in their career, they're trying to get established. They're like, well, how do I go work with an orthodontist? Like, how do I get referrals or whatever? And so what they're wanting to do is like go bug some professional who's busy and doesn't have time to talk to them (laughs) and ask for a favor, basically. And you and I don't have a formal working arrangement. We did a little bit of that, like in the very first kind of, I had cards for you that you put in bags and we never had anything come out of that. But what I realized is that if I can help you set something up, you're going to think about me all the time. And then every time one of your employees knocks the F stop to the wrong setting and you're, you're texting me going, what is going wrong with this picture? And it's like half gray or whatever. And so I can tell you, we can troubleshoot that for you. So that's a way that I can use my talent and my knowledge to help you. And then you've always been great to talk very kindly about us. And we've had just great, usually anybody that's in the Northeast Mesa area, they'll, one of them will say, we'll say, how did you hear about us? And they'll say, well, you know, we know the frosts or whatever, you know, so It's always, we just appreciate that so much. Awesome. Thank you. But I think just helping each other and having a a relationship with somebody, that's one way that you can quote unquote co-market, even though there's not necessarily a formal. It's really good. But you do have very formal relationships, like say with general dentists. So there's a whole pipeline, which I don't understand, but isn't there like some kind of whole referral pipeline that needs to happen in your life, in your world? It's interesting. There is. You see, for orthodontists, many times the dentist doesn't send the patient for a consultation. And mm. sometimes they do. And if they do, they send it to who their friend or yeah, whoever they golf with. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have this referral pattern that's like set. You, you try to have relationships with all of them. 
But in the industry, they say that you should be about 50% referral from dentists and 50% from other family members or social media. Ours is 82% word of mouth from other clients. Oh, yeah. Oh, crazy. Great. Okay. Right. That is right. This is what, yes, this is my number one. It's not a pet peeve. It's just my number one, like, hmm. Yeah. Is that when we're we're running this online class or I'm talking to a group of photographers, everybody is so focused on, okay, well, so what's the marketing? How do we do the marketing? How do we do the marketing? How do we do the marketing? And I'm like, okay, if you don't have a good process, if your process and your pricing and all of that is not dialed, like the base, yeah. your marketing is just going to make it fail faster. That's right. I, I don't know if you've read this book called Anything You Want. It's by Derek Sievers. Oh, it's, you could read it in like an hour and a half. It's called Anything You Want by Derek, S-I-V, as in Victor, E-R-S, Derek Sievers. And he started and sold this business called CD Baby. And they were basically kind of like the forerunner to iTunes. Like he developed that software of like helping share music but making sure the artists got paid and that sort of thing. And so he's he's like very cool. And I just let anything that he does, anytime you see that name, listen to it. So he talks about that the best marketing is that you just blow people's mind and then they go tell everybody, they do your marketing for you. Because when you talk to anybody in the world, what's the best marketing there is, it's always word of mouth. Okay, but sure. Okay, we know word of mouth, but what else? It's like, no, what are you doing to make the word of mouth better and better and better and better and better? That's it. Right. So you do the first kid, you do the oldest kid, you make right. their teeth look amazing and great. Yes. And yes. then they got four more kids or however many. If you aren't doing all of those kids, you did something wrong. That's right. It's yes. not so, that hard, is it? It's it, not that hard. Apparently it is very hard. I don't know. I, I don't think it's that hard, but I think we tend to look for, because maybe we're reading business books that are geared around the Walmarts of the world and how, or how huge product brands are marketing. Like, it's a discount. It's a deal. When I see deals on braces, yeah. I always think of you because I'm like, so you're going to, for 250 off, you're going to let some yokel like jack with your kid's teeth? Yeah. Or what about Lasix? Let's talk about that. You know, 250 off for Lasix. You're going to cut my eyeball and I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to Valpak coupon for Lasix. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I like, I don't want a deal on anybody that's going to be making what I look like on the daily <laughs> it's so true. be different. I want to know where I can go to make sure that it's perfection. Yeah. When you hear about those people that go down to Mexico to have procedures done. Yeah. They die or yeah. they have permanent scars or so oh it's so true. And, and I, we find that, uh, so we spend our marketing efforts. The majority of them are all around patients and bringing other patients in through their word of mouth. Google reviews is a good way to do that, obviously. And that's where our marketing is. It's spent there. Yep. Okay. So what are you doing for that? Like, see, I'm being like my listeners, yeah. but tell me about the marketing, more about the marketing. Well, so first, number one is we talked about it briefly is the experience they have when you're with them. That's number one. And that old quote that nobody really cares about what you know, but how they felt mm-hmm. when you and left, that's everything. Yeah. That's number one. And, and we could even take it a step further. It's the phone call. When they call, who's answering the phone? Mm-hmm. Are they picking the phone up? Are they letting it go to voicemail? If you have right. if that's letting your phone go to voicemail, people want now. They If they get an inkling, oh, I'm going to Allison Tyler Jones, I'm going to call her up. What? She's not even in? And right. you leave a message and she calls back the next day. They're not quite as hot. They're not as excited about it. Yeah. Starting with the phone call, 
how they felt on the phone call, pump them up. You're going to love this. Your photo shoot's going to be amazing. It's a work of art, blah, blah, blah. And then when they come to meet you and they see you, then that's the next experience they have. I mean, like when we came into your studio last weekend and you've got this inviting waiting room that's set up with treats on one side and cool nostalgic things on the other and cool chairs and the vibe and then the music's playing and you guys come out to meet us and we were like, this is so awesome. <laughs> so you start at the beginning and there, then the experience and then the finished product. That's what I would say the marketing is. And so other than that, the social media is then huge. And on top of that, we do take things to dentists on a quarterly basis, give them mm-hmm. some, let them know we're still around. But I think that the other part that we're doing is we will ask our patients when the child gets the braces off and the mom and the child are crying and they're like, this, you just changed our lives. I try to tip the girls to say, hey, if, if you think this is beautiful and you, you know somebody else that could benefit from a smile like this, would you just send them our way? That's awesome. Well, and I think it's such a measure of your branding and your marketing, if you want to put it in those terms, is that anybody that's ever come to you, like you have a million best friends in this town. I know so many people that think they're your best friends and that you probably don't really know them that well. And that's not because you're fake. That's just because you're so genuine and you're so kind and you have such a gentle and you are very present. So whenever I've been in your presence, even whether you've had your hands in my mouth or I've been photographing your family or whatever, you have the ability to really center yourself and be present with somebody. And that goes a really long way toward building relationships and having people feel like they're being seen. I just feel like people feel that they can trust you and put themselves in your hands because they know that you really do care. Thank you. And I want you to know that that was not a quality in my life. Really? Good at. I had a little bit, but it wasn't a, it's a quality I had to develop. In fact, I have a, I have a gratitude journal that I, I write in day and night. Christine and I do this together. But in this journal, it says, you know, what is one goal that you're going to do today? And I, I put down almost every day, connect with people, look them eye to eye and make them the most important person in the room. Wow. That's something that you can, for those of you in the room that you do it, Allison, all the time, but for those who maybe not, you can do this. So. That's amazing. I honestly did not know that you did that. I just figured that was who you were and part of your personality. So that is actually so good because I think sometimes we think we just come as we are and kind of like that saboteur that you were talking about earlier, you say, well, well, I could never do that. Or I'm just, I'm no Stu Frost. So I'm not, or I'm not Allison Tyler Jones. I'm never going to get those expressions out of kids because I'm not going to be a crazy person, but you can be your own version, you know, your true version. And if you want that, you can develop that. And I think for me, I'm not naturally a great listener because I'm always going a million miles an hour, but I realized the value in like, I heard once and I I wish I could remember the reference, but they were talking about relationships and they said, when it comes to human relationships, slow is fast Mm. that, you know, how it is with little kids, how they're like, dad, 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 come play Legos with me. And you're like, dude, I got a million things to do. I can't sit on the floor and play Legos with you. But if you sit there and you are fully present and you look that kid in the eye and you're like, well, what else, what else are we going to build? What else? What else? It's 10 minutes and they're done with you. It's so slow, like fully present fully engaged. That's like crack and crack is very concentrated. You don't need a lot of it to get high. So you can just, not from personal experience, but from what I've heard, just using a metaphor here for anybody that's worried about my illicit drug habit. Sure. But 
it is that, that when you can just listen, whereas if you sit there on your phone and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, honey, that looks good. Yeah. And you're not really paying attention. They will nag you until you're dead. Like it will never be enough. If the half attention. So anyway, I, but I think you really embody that. And that's interesting to me that you've cultivated that quality. Completely. I'll never forget. I was a year out from graduating from dental school and I went to see my dad work in the clinic and I, Steve and I flew home and we're watching him and he's like connecting with the patients, telling them jokes. He's listening to them, putting his hand on their shoulder, asking Mm. them, Hey, and he's doing this empathy connection. And I got back on the plane and going home and I looked at Steve and I go, that's not me. I can't do that. I can't be a dentist. And I got home and called my mom. I'm like, I don't know. This is for me. And my mom being the sweetest lady in the world. And she just said, Oh, Stuart, she says, you can do it. Just, she said this, fake it till you make it. And I'm like, <laughs> till I make it. So it was the funniest thing. The rest of that year in dental school, Steve and I were like magnetic to people. We were like, how are you doing? And <laughs> they're doing things that we wasn't, didn't come natural. But those frost twins are just amazing. <laughs> So I think that you, but the fact that you at that tender age could recognize the value because, okay, so this is interesting. This is going to really go to my point too. So you have a softer, kind of a softer presence, the way you manifest that. And Steve, your identical twin brother, whom I've also been to, has done a couple of root canals for me. He has a very different energy than you. Still caring, yes, but a little more edge, yes, which I think is interesting because with him, he's like literally drilling into your head and you got to make sure this dude's going to get like all the crap out of the canal. Like it's all got to be gone, That's but right. he, he's kind of more brusque, yeah. but yep, 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 yep. He's more kind of more fast. So, but equally effective and know that he's totally thorough. And mm-hmm. so the reason why I'm going down this and kind of highlighting this is I want, if you're listening to this and you're multitasking, I want you to come back. <laughs> to me, because I want you to hear that you don't have to be anybody but yourself. You just need to be the best version of you. So if you see something that another photographer, another business owner is doing, and you think just like what you said about your dad, I could never be that. Of course, you're never going to be your dad, but you're going to be the best Stuart Frost ever. And Steve's the best Steve Frost. And I'm trying every day to be the best, whatever I am, but you don't want to be anybody else. You really, and you can't, you can't authentically do that. But if you are the most fully realized version of yourself, that's the most powerful brand there is. This is so big. And I, I hope people will go back and listen to this part over and over and over again, because what you just said was so powerful and you're not trying to be anybody else, but you're trying to do be the best version of yourself. I heard you say that. And I will tell you that that takes work. Mm -hmm. It takes work. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. Well, and it takes listening to one thing that you said is that look at the foundation of your brand didn't really necessarily come from inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend say to me once, we can't see the label from inside the bottle that sometimes it's out somebody outside looking in somebody that loves us and cares about us. So, you know, maybe it was a photographer telling you that you were the artist Dennis, or it was, you heard your client saying, I want the frost smile where you, I know you, you're not going to be that guy that's going to be like, oh, the frost, let's, let's call it the frost smile. It'll be so cool because you would think that's too self-aggrandizing. But when your clients are using it, you need to lean into that. Okay. Or I, I had a client call me once and she's like, okay, I cannot wait to come to you. I want your white plank floor. 
it's just got to be the whole ATJ thing. And I'm like white plank floor. Well, the reason why we have a white plank floor is because I built my studio kind of wrong and we were supposed to be on the seamless. And because I built it wrong, we were actually on the floor in front of it that we had to paint white. Oh, but now it's signature. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. That wasn't intentional. It was now it's the style. I love it. This is exactly what we're talking about. So good. And I will tell you that people know when you are not being your best self, if you're fake, they know when you're fake, mm-hmm. they know if you're trying to push it. And in our industry, we see a few that are trying to push their agenda on social media to make it about them instead of making it about either their patients or other things. And it's very obvious when that happens. And, and so I love how what you said is that authentic, let it become authentic. And then once you do, you create this amazing experience. Great. Last book that I'm going to talk about is, have you read Difference by Bernadette Jiwa? It's J-I-W-A, Difference. No. Okay. So it's really short. It's a little pamphlet, but she talks about how that the greatest brands, I, I don't want to screw this up. She says, basically really, really good branding is how the client feels about themselves when in the presence of your brand. So it's not how they feel in the presence of your brand. Because that's what those fakers are trying to do. They're trying to be like razzle dazzle. I'm so cool. I'm an influencer or whatever. It's not about us. Nobody gives a flying shit about us. Sorry to start, but it's true. Nobody cares. But when they are in the presence of your brand, it's how they feel about themselves. So when I'm walking around and I know that I have a frost smile in my mouth, yeah. That gives me confidence. It's like having a Louis Vuitton bag on your arm or driving. And it's not what I'm saying about Stuart Frost. And it's not what it says. The Louis Vuitton is not what it says about Louis Vuitton. It's what it says about me that I have taste or that I have whatever confidence, like fill in the blank. And that's something that the client makes happen. Mm -hmm. And so what you're showing on social media is you're showing, yes, this problem that we're solving. And then that allows the client to fill in the blank for what that means to them. Wow. And then if we listen to them, say what that means to them, then that becomes our future marketing. Wow. That's powerful. I hope everybody's really paying attention because that, I have never looked at it that way, even though it organically happened for me. Totally. But that is beautiful. And you won't take it. Like if somebody says to you, oh my gosh, you're the best. You'll always say, oh, thank you so much. But I remember you did a consultation of my teeth on my front doorstep. And I'm like, oh, my teeth are kind of, you know, like they're not super white. And you're like, oh, that's just the Diet Coke. You know, you have really nicely shaped teeth. Like I took that to the bank, Stuart yeah, Frost. Like every, like when, when they were still, I'm looking at them and you got yeah. the brackets on them or whatever. I'm like, yeah. you said I have really nice shaped teeth. Yeah. Like people, we're always looking for, if anybody says a compliment or something nice, man, doesn't that just make your day and, well, and bring you up? And that's what you do. You compliment people. And, and I try to do the same thing. I go back to the beginning when you told me that I was the artist orthodontist. Words have meaning. And power. And we, I don't know that we realize how powerful we can be. I'm reading a book called The Hero Manifest. It's by Robin Sharma. And Robin Sharma talks about how all of us are heroes, whether we know it or not. And he talks about four or five ways where we can be heroes. And one of them, he said, is just by our interactions with other people and complimenting them. When you say one word that changes their whole life and direction, that's big. So, well, and I, I truly believe, you know, regardless of what your faith practice is, I really believe that when we get to the other side of this life and they play the video of life, we are going to be shocked at how much influence we truly had 
upon our fellow beings. Yes. There, that will be the sorrow. And it will also be the joy when we see how I always say like the nice lady at church, like people, when I think of things that are the core of my confidence in myself are probably throwaway comments that other people made to me. Like you have a really nice air about you or you're whatever, like you have nicely shaped teeth like that. (laughs) That was something that's part of me that made my life good. And so I love all the good that you put into the world and I love talking business and books with you and we have to do this again and we will when you start your own podcast and yeah. I demand to be at least one of the first, the first. guests. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Do you have any other wisdom or um, mm-hmm. any other things that you would like to share with our listeners before we take off? I think we've, I probably said too much, but I just want to acknowledge you, Allison, for a couple of things. One, you're making a difference. Oh, you're making you. a difference. I acknowledge you on that. And I acknowledge you for your passion and your expertise. It shows in everything that you do. And uh, we came home from our photo shoot last weekend and everybody was just like, I've never had a better experience at a family photo shoot. That oh. was amazing. And so I want to acknowledge you for being great. You're not just good. You're great. And thank you for letting me be a part of this. It's all about serving other people and helping other people. I have one last book I'm going to recommend. Yeah, do it. So good. It's called The Go-Giver. Mm. Have you heard of it? I have it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. The Go-Giver is a book that I think all of us should read. There's so many things on there. This book's based on the five laws, stratospheric laws of giving to increase our business and our, and our lives. And it's one of my top five favorite books because it talks about marriage as well and how in marriage, it's all about giving. He talks about marriage not being 50-50. It's not tit for tat. 50-50 is a losing proposition. It's mm-hmm. like poker and nobody wins at poker. The, the house always wins. Yeah, It's such a good book, but um, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I hope I can come back someday as well and um, keep up, keep doing the great work, Allison. And I can't well, wait for our, our piece of art that's going to arrive at our house. And I know. It'll be fun. We're going to look at those, I think, next week or maybe the week after. So anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you ever could know. Uh, appreciate you too. Thank you. Have I told you lately how much I appreciate you being here? I know that you have so many demands on your time and so many demands on your attention. You could be watching Netflix. You could be listening to a true crime podcast, but you've spent time here at The Rework learning to make your portrait business better. And that really means a lot to me. If there's somebody that you feel like could benefit from this episode, that you could help them and help us spread the word in helping other portrait photographers build better businesses please go to where you're listening to this episode and hit that share button and share it with them. And if you have time and can give us a review, you don't even understand how much that means to a little tiny podcast like ours to see those reviews and see how we're helping. And if you have another minute and can send me a DM and let us know what you would like to hear in the future, what you really enjoyed hearing about, maybe things that weren't that great, how we can do better. We always want to do better and we always want to support the portrait photography industry and helping you build the best businesses ever. Thanks again so much for being here. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.